Hey everyone, what's up? It is Jeff from Modern Combat and Survival, and welcome to podcast episode number 267. Okay, so let me ask you, if you get into a verbal altercation with somebody who is determined to start a fight with you, no matter how badly you didn't want to fight them, would you have any idea what to do next? Do you know if it's legal for you to have to stand your ground? And does that factor even apply to you where you live? If you've got questions, we've got answers, and it's all coming up in this week's broadcast. But first, don't forget to grab this week's free show notes, including a handy-dandy one-page cheat sheet covering all of our main points today. All you have to do is head on over to www.mcsmagazine.com 267 and download it all absolutely free. And now, let's talk tactics. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. Okay, welcome back, everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Survival Magazine and executive director of the New World Patriot Alliance with another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. And as you know, I mean, I like to really focus in on things that can really happen to us today, tomorrow, like the the real threats that are out there. And a lot of that comes from real events that have happened, real crimes that have happened, real fights that have happened, real disasters that have happened, right? Well, I just saw this YouTube video recently. In fact, it's actually been taken down off of YouTube, but it's still available on another website, but they even shortened it down quite a bit because it is pretty brutal and involves a death of someone. I'm going to go ahead and post that video on our blog. Hopefully, they'll still be able to keep it up, the the news agency that, that reported this. Um, But I'll show you a video of that. But basically what it is, is these two women that got into an altercation and they were on a a, a Brooklyn subway. um, And the uh, Mia Simmons, who was just 20 years old, got into a fight with another woman, LaTanya Watson. And what you see is both women get off of the train. So it's using the, the closed circuit cameras that were there that were watching the whole thing. The two women get off the train. Uh, apparently they got into an argument on the train about something. I don't know if that's really come out yet about what exactly that was, but you see them both come off. And while they were still on the train station, Watson pepper sprayed Simmons. So she came up from behind and pepper sprayed Simmons. Well, the two women got into a physical brawl, basically pulling hair, choking each other, dragging each other around. And then Simmons pulled out a knife and shoved it into Watson's neck. Now, on the original video, you can see the woman, like the, the fight breaks off. The two women kind of go their own way. But the one woman who was, who uh, Watson, actually, uh, you see her kind of stagger off out of the screen. But she ends up bleeding to death. And you can actually see the blood as she's going off. So I think that's why they really they took it down off of YouTube and, and why they shortened the video uh, for the news agency there. But she ended up dying. And Simmons is now charged with manslaughter. Uh, for repeatedly knifing Watson and she knifed her in the face, the neck and the arm. And the thing is, is that none of this had to happen. Now, these two women's lives obviously have changed on the drop of a dime, right? One minute you're on the subway, you're going someplace. The next minute, one person's dead and the other person is up for potentially life in prison, right? It could be, you know, who knows how long she could actually get as a sentence, but she's up for manslaughter. And chances are she is probably going to be convicted in this. So both of these women have now, instead of, you know, watching the, watching, uh, you know, binge watching their shows on Netflix, now one's dead and one is going to prison, most likely, right? And none of this had to happen. Neither woman was robbing each other. There was no threat to cause Watson to pepper spray Simmons. You can clearly see on the video that she was just basically walking off and going her own way after their argument. 
And there was no need for Simmons to use deadly force in this response. There was no other weapon that was there that showed that her life was in danger. What both women did was they failed to de-escalate. Something that you might be surprised the law often requires you to do. In other words, if you don't know how to avoid a fight, you could put yourself in a position where you become the criminal. And that's even if you think that you're the victim. All right. My job is to make sure that that actually doesn't happen to you. So I want to talk a lot about today is, uh, is de-escalation. Like, how do you do it? When do you do it? How do you know when you, you're not going to be able to do it? And then what do you do next? All right. So that's what we're going to talk about. How, how do you de-escalate a fight if you are getting into a, phys- a, a verbal altercation with somebody to avoid it coming, becoming a physical altercation? I've got five teaching points here for you. Okay. All right. So the first one is going to seem a little bit, a little bit ridiculous to you, but it's, it's actually, I mean, it's it's actually like the the core pillar of the best way to to de-escalate a fight, and that's to not be there in the first place. In other words, avoid situations entirely where you might be put in a position where you get into a verbal altercation. Okay, so this is really important because you need to understand that bad things happen to good people. So even if you are twice as tall as somebody, twice as muscular, you're big, you're strong, you're trained, it doesn't matter. That person could eventually uh, in that fight that you have could get in a lucky shot. They might pull out a weapon. You could die. So bad things can happen. And knowing that, you need to understand that you need to try to avoid situations entirely. Now, one of the clearest cases of this that really was a situation that went where it didn't have to go was the Trayvon Martin shooting and how that was really a failure to de-escalate personally for George Zimmerman. So just for those of you that aren't familiar with the situation, I'll give just kind of a brief rundown. George Zimmerman was in his uh, vehicle around a neighborhood where he saw a hooded uh, black black man walking around, a teenager walking around. He didn't think it looked right, so he called it in to 911. I believe it was 911, or he, or he called the police department. And they said, don't, don't follow him. Thank you for reporting it. We'll send somebody over. But don't go after this person. Well, Zimmerman decided to go after him anyway. He started following the boy. The boy got spooked. He ended up getting into an alterca- a physical altercation with him. And then Trayvon Martin or, or Zimmerman ended up pulling out his firearm and shooting and killing Trayvon Martin in fear for his own life was how it came out in court. And Zimmerman was acquitted of it as well. Now, that wasn't the end of, I mean, Trayvon Martin was dead and that, that boy did not have to die in that instance, in that altercation there. But Zimmerman, even though he was, he was basically gained his freedom and, and became somewhat of a national pariah for, for concealed carry out there, which is again is like, it always amazes me how, you know, patriotic people, second amendment, you know, um, uh, you know, concealed carry, uh, license holders, um, how little we think about the consequences of our actions. And it's always easy to rah-rah the other person on when it's not you actually seeing in the courtroom. But Zimmerman's life has essentially been dog dirt ever since then. Imagine trying to find a job after that, um, the financial impact of it alone. He's had a whole bunch of other altercations where he's gotten into trouble after um, after the, the court case. Um, so there was a lot of things that went wrong with him. Who's going to want to hire a George Zimmerman out there, right? Especially after all the things that happened with him even afterwards. Okay. So, so bad things can happen to good people, even when you are in the right, even if you are cleared of wrongdoing. Okay. So that's just one case. There are of course a lot of them out there, but had Zimmerman not escalated the situation, instead avoided it completely, 
Martin would have died, wouldn't have died, and then Zimmerman would, wouldn't have had the, all the issues that he'd had to deal with as well. All right. So you need to understand that even in situations where you think that you might have the upper hand or be able to fight your way out of it, you still have a responsibility there to try and avoid it at all costs. Okay. You have an obligation there because you need to understand that sometimes things don't turn out the way that you think they're going to. And you could be the one that could end up in the morgue or in prison because of the situation. All right. Okay. Tip number two here is your obligation to deescalate. Um, for legal purposes. So when you carry a weapon and even when you're trained to fight, I mean, you're obligated morally and, and usually legally to stop the fight before it even happens. So that, that's especially if you carry a gun, all right? This is because you hold the power of life and death in your hands if you have, if you are a concealed carry person, okay? Now, what that means is that even if someone is verbally abusive to you, they're insulting you, they're humiliating you in front of everybody around you, everybody's laughing at you, you cannot react or rise to that insult. Because if you do, that situation might actually escalate. And once it does, you may end up becoming the bad guy because you created the situation you then had to fight or shoot your way out of. So if somebody's humiliating, everybody's laughing around you, you're, you're in front of your girlfriend or your wife and, you, and you're humiliated. And so naturally we want to protect ourselves. We want to protect our dignity and our pride, right? However, if you take the bait from that person and let's say that you beat them up, but they end up getting injured severely or they end up even dying. Well, because you didn't stand down, because you continued to escalate, even if that person started it, you are not complicit in, or I'm not sure if I'm using the right word for that, but you're not innocent in that altercation because you could have walked away unless it's a situation where you were forced to be able to fight, forced to fight and defend yourself. But in this situation that we're talking about, if you buy into what if you if you buy into their insults and their verbal abuse, then you are no longer innocent in that situation. You could have walked away, you didn't. Now you can become legally in jeopardy for taking the actions that you did. Even if this person pulled out a weapon and tried to come after you, okay? Even if it was a true life or death situation, you might still not be off the hook because you could have walked away. So you do have an obligation, both morally and usually legally, to de-escalate. Now, how you do that is what is going to be coming up next, because how you do it is going to make or break your legal defense, as well as whether or not you end up winning or losing that fight or going home alive or going to the morgue dead. All right. So those tips are coming right up. But first, check out this special message. Imagine staring up at a six foot nine, 350 pound biker dude rage in his eyes ready to cram a beer bottle down your throat as payback for bumping into him would you know exactly what to do without cowering in fear without begging for mercy without getting stomped to the floor and beaten while your family watches in horror you will now with this simple three-step plan one don't take your family to biker bars that's really kind of stupid isn't it two harden your mind with bulletproof warrior confidence and three, master your own secret bag of shockingly powerful fight tricks. Waiting for you and your free DVD, you can claim now at DefeatLargerAttackers.com. In a real fight, you don't have the option of losing. Not when your life or the safety of your family hiding behind you is on the line. You need to know exactly what to do in those first few seconds of an attack and end it quickly and walk away with your life, your loved ones, and your pride intact. 
In this free DVD, you'll discover the street fighting secrets for how to knock a bigger, stronger man head first into the pavement with brutal, unstoppable power and speed regardless of your size, strength, or even if you've never been in a fight before in your life. Claim your free DVD now while this offer is still available at www.defeatlargerattackers.com and unleash your true potential to kick ass. And now, back to the show. Okay, we're back and we're talking about de-escalating a verbal encounter that you have with an aggressive person who's confronting you. And how do you de-escalate that so that you don't get into a fight, you don't go to the morgue, you don't go to the hospital, you don't go to prison, that you just go home safe and sound, all right? So we've got three more tips for you here. And the third one um, really comes down to being able to restrain yourself verbally. Okay, so you have to keep in mind here that your job isn't to win the argument. Your job isn't to defend your honor, defend your pride, defend your your spouse's pride, your kid's pride. Your job isn't to win any argument whatsoever or save any face. Your job is simply to survive. And again, going back to that bad things happen to good people. So you can't take that chance that you or your spouse or your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whatever, that you guys are not going to get hurt by somebody just because you think that you outweigh somebody, you out, you outsize, outstrength somebody, and you're outtrained or you're outtraining somebody. All right. So if someone tries to argue with you, you have to avoid engaging them at all costs to, to avoid that escalation. So what that means in actual technique is don't raise your voice. All right. Don't use profanity. The, the most common thing that people want to do is, oh yeah, fuck you, right? You want to you want to yell back at them. That's like the that's the universal sign of like, oh yeah, you're not so hot. Well, fuck you. Well, you're not trying to win this verbal argument. You don't have to come back at them even stronger than what they were doing before, okay? Because if someone feels that they've lost, guess what they have to do now, right? Like the whole reason that that person has a verbal altercation with you is confronting you is because they think that they're going to overpower you that with with words. Okay, they want to make you look bad. They want to get your goal. Go, uh, you get your goat. All right. They want to make you respond to them. That's how they feed their own sense of being able to just you know defend their honor and their integrity, make themselves feel good about themselves by putting you lower. And of course, it's natural that when somebody is making us lower, we want to raise ourselves back up, right? That's what any red-blooded American male or woman would want to do. But when you do that again, bad things can happen to good people. So you have to make sure that this person has a respectable a respectable out. So you don't escalate your voice. You stay calm. The other thing that this really has to do with is how other people around you are going to view you. When they give a report to the police that respond to an incident that happens, will they say that, well, they were both doing it? Will they say, well, they're, they're both at fault for it? What you want is for somebody to say, no, this guy was all, he was up in this guy's face and he was, he was definitely aggressive. And the other guy was trying to, he was calm. He was just saying, Hey man, I don't want to, I don't want to fight you. Um, he was giving him an out and the other guy didn't take it. So that's what you're looking for. But you can't do that if you're visibly getting upset yourself. If you tell this guy to fuck off, if you want to win that argument, if you get louder than he does, if you shout back insults, those things are, go- are not going to work in your favor. All right. And then in addition to that, coming back even stronger with somebody who is trying to overpower you, if you get above them, you come back with something that makes them feel smaller. Well, 
that's when things can become a physical altercation right then and there. Because what happens when people feel like there's no choice left, you've got, you've got nothing left in your ammo tank verbally, you're going to go to fisticuffs. All right. So you want to avoid that happening. And the best way to do that is to show that verbal restraint yourself. Okay. All right. So the fourth tip here is to show physical restraint. Okay. Um, so as, as we saw in that incident in the, in the subway there, the second that weapons come into play, in other words, you know, somebody came off and they had pepper spray and they pepper sprayed, you know, she pepper sprayed the, uh, the woman and the woman came back with a knife. All right. Now they were both, they were both at fault in this situation. Right, so everything can escalate as soon as a weapon comes out. Now, that's especially for those of you that either have a knife that you carry for everyday carry uh, for personal defense, and especially for those people that carry a gun. You can't just take out your weapon and show it as a as a means of intimidation to try and get somebody to back off from a verbal agreement or a verbal uh, confrontation. The only time you can ever pull your weapon out is if you feel like your life is in danger. If you take it out, you can't illustrate, you know, can't illustrate how your life was in danger and you were, you needed to bring that out. Well, that's going to be brandishing a weapon. That's a fel, that's a potential felony offense that you have right there. That even if there is no physical altercation, even if there's nothing done there from that point on, you just showing that weapon could land you in jail, potentially land you in prison, potentially take away your right to ever own a gun again, or to be able to even vote again in elections or any, anything that comes along with those benefits of being a fel, a, a felony convict. Okay. All right. So a, you have to make sure that you show physical restraint also. So just like we said before, with verbal restraint, you don't want to raise your voice. You don't want to shout back insults or swear or anything like that to make it look like you were also an aggressor. The same way you can give off nonverbal signs, physical signs, not just pulling out a, a gun or a knife, but physical signs that you are looking to fight. That could be pushing the person, which isn't like, you know, you don't think that it might be like a strike. No, it is a physical assault. It could even just be you punch, you know, uh, taking your, your fists and, and, and getting them like, oh, like you're, like you're ready to punch this guy, right? Just, just like you get that hand behind you, like, oh man, I want to, you know, that feeling like, oh man, I just want to take your freaking face off, right? If you even look like that to the other people around that maybe even can't hear the words that you're saying or don't even know who was it, who was at fault here, who started it. You look like an aggressor. And so somebody might even say, no, this guy look, this guy had his fists all balled up and he was ready to fight. Again, those are the things that are going to be said to the police from that point on. All right. So you have to make sure that physically you restrain yourself all. Now it starts with your own verbal restraint. Now what will help you with both of these is combat breathing. Um, this is something that's taught to a lot of military and law enforcement as a way to be able to get your emotions in check in times of high stress and confrontation, right? And the way to do that, you can do it actually without even anybody that knowing that you're doing it. Okay, so what you do is basically inhale through your nose uh, on, a, on a, a slow four count. So you're inhaling one, two, three, four. You're going to hold your breath for four seconds. And then you're going to exhale for four seconds. And then you're going to hold your breath out for four seconds. And then you're going to inhale again through your nose. You can do all this through your nose. You don't even have to open your mouth for this. All right. And you can, it can be done totally silently, but it allows you to be able to all of those. It allows you to keep in check all of those bodily functions that are happening. When the adrenaline starts pumping, your heart rate starts raising, your adrenaline starts getting higher. 
Um, you start losing your sense of being able to make sound decisions. By using your breathing to bring down your heart rate, to be able to get your emotions in check there, you're going to make better decisions. You're going to be able to calm yourself down, which is going to show everyone around you that you're calm and this other person might not be. It might even allow the other person to calm down themselves. All right. So if you're able to give them an out, like, hey, man, I'm, look, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, any problems here or whatever. Sorry, I bumped into you. Sorry, I bumped into your girl. Sorry, I spilled your drink. Let me buy you another one. You can, you can imagine all the things that you can say to be able to just pacify this person and just say, and just let bygones be bygones, right? If you can't, the other thing is you could just, you could just personally leave, right? Just, you don't have to buy into it. Try and walk away from it. Okay. Just walk away. Now, in order for them to not let you walk away, they have to basically use their words to try and taunt you into coming back or physically try and bring you back. When they physically touch you, now we've got a whole other story here. Okay. But you've got to be able to physically restrain yourself and show that you can do it to yourself as well as other person. And don't brandish a weapon. All right. Okay. So this brings us to the fifth one. So what happens when verbal skills are not enough? What happens when you're not able to walk away? What happens when this person is definitely, they definitely look like they are going to fight you. All right. They're looking for a fight. Now, a lot of times this happens because other people around them, if there are people out in public, other people are going to try and goad both of you on, right? Fight, 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 kick his ass, kick his ass. You know, there's all kinds of things that people do to be able to, especially when they're not the ones fighting. If this person is maybe in in front of uh, his girlfriend or, or, or spouse, um, maybe just in front of his buddies, right? And they're egging him on. He doesn't want to lose face and seem like a big wuss. And so he feels like he might have to fight. Right. So you might not be able to get out of it verbally. Again, that's where a good situation where you can just turn around and walk away, which gives him the ability to say, yeah, I won this. Yeah, this guy's a big wuss, whatever. Doesn't matter. You're going home and you know that you are going home. All right. So you want to make sure that that yeah, you can actually do that. All right. Um, so there are some techniques that you can do here. All right. So if you if you can't leave, if you can't talk them down, I do have a process that you can use that really forces them to basically decide if they are going to fight. And it allows you to be able to show everyone around you as well as make the decision yourself to be able to fight back. All right. And it's very, very simple. All basically you have to do is when this person is in this, uh, this verbal altercation with you is to loudly call out. All right. I'm talking about loud, like at the top of your lungs, right? Call out. Man, I told you, I don't want to fight you. You want to scream that out. You want people around you to hear you. Now, what does that do? It does actually quite a few things, all right? Number one, it shows everyone around you. They can clearly tell the police officer that shows up to the incident that, no, this guy didn't want to fight. In fact, he even screamed it out like, I don't want to fight you. His hands are up in the air in a submissive posture. He wasn't trying to fight this guy. So that's the other thing I want to tell you. Get your hands up where your palms are facing them but just like near your shoulders, like you're going to put your hands above your head, but just have your hands in your shoulders, submissive. Bring your shoulders up near your ears to make it look submissive, right? You want to look submissive there. You don't want to yell back at him with anger. You want to yell, hey man, I don't want to fight you, right? You want to, it's basically like pleading with this person, man, I do not want to fight you. So everyone around is going to hear that. They're going to look over. They're going to see you in a submissive posture. The guy in front of you then has the choice. You put the choice of what happens next squarely in this person's lap. All right. So at that point, they can say, that's right. You don't want to fight me and they can walk away from it. Yeah. You're a big wuss. Yeah. I kicked, I would have kicked your ass or whatever. Fine. 
Again, you win when you don't have to fight. Okay. So what if the person doesn't do that though? Okay. What if the person comes towards you to get in your face? What if the person says too late for that, man, I'm going to kick your ass. Okay. That show of aggression, you, when you see that show of aggression coming up, you have the right right then and there to be able to defend yourself because you told this person, I don't want to fight. And their response is essentially, no, I do want to fight and I'm going to fight. At which point you have the ability to, or not the ability, but you have the right to be able to fight back. Now, the ability is what we're going to talk about next. Okay. So any show of aggression, I am a firm believer that when there is that show of aggression and it looks like you are, you have to fight, you need to be the one that strikes first. Now, I know that sounds like, well, how am I going to get, how, what am, now, everybody's going to tell the police officer that I was the one that took the first punch. Yes, that's why you yell out, I don't want to fight. And you make sure everyone around you hears that. So even if nobody is around you, okay, it's in a it's in a parking lot and maybe there's nobody else around or whatever, you still gave that person that opportunity to back out of it. And you saw that they were, you you saw from their next step that they were not going to back out of it. All right. So number one is strike first. Now, there are lots of ways to strike, right? So there's lots of different martial arts that are out there, self-defense systems. Um, the number one technique that I show in our Defeat Larger Attackers DVD, which, by the way, is a free DVD that you can get, okay? It's, you can go over to DefeatLargerAttackers.com. You just pay the shipping and handling, send the DVD out to you, all right? But my favorite move that I've used in the past extremely effectively against people that were bigger and stronger than me is the two headed, uh, is the two handed, the two handed, the two handed face blast, which is essentially just taking, you already have your hands up near your shoulders. Hey man, I don't want to fight you. So when this person shows a level of aggression from there, what you're going to do is you're going to take both of your hands and you're just going to come right up either under the chin or right at the top of the, um, now, anywhere on their face will work, but you basically just shove that person's head right off their shoulders. Okay. You want to go for it. Now, this works in a number of different ways. It doesn't matter how big the person is, how strong the person is, where the head goes, the body will follow. Okay. I don't care how big or strong they are. They might have a big old massive neck. You're catching them by surprise. You're taking both of those hands straight up the middle of your body. So it goes in through the center line, which is really hard for somebody to be able to block against. Okay. So somebody be able to block that. All right. So you're going to come straight in, just take their head right off of their shoulders. What's going to happen. And I've, this has happened each time is that person is typically going to be um, headed right back on their heels. So now they're going backwards. This is going to give you the opportunity to be able to hightail it out of the, the location where you're at, or if you have to be able to follow up your assault, because maybe the person has a weapon, maybe um, it looks like they could outrun you, maybe they're younger than you. Um, you might have to follow up with that attack to make sure that they are actually out of the fight. It could also be that you might have to fight somebody else. Maybe it's a multiple attacker situation and somebody's coming toward you, all right? Um, using that same move, you can decide where that person is going to go. So again, where the head goes, the body is going to follow. So what I've done in the past, I had one situation in a bar one time where I made sure that I, I took that guy's head and I pushed him back and it was over a table. It was off to the left side. So I just, instead of going straight back, which would have been where the floor was, I went ahead and threw him over a table. Okay. Same thing can happen if it's a multiple attacker situation. You could take that person and shove them into another person to be able to tie that other person up. So now you're down to, if it was a three versus one, 
Now you're down to a one versus one. You have the other person that you might have to deal with there, okay? So that two-handed that two -handed face blast is extremely effective. Now it's just one of the moves, but you only really need to know a couple of really good moves. So again, go ahead and grab that DVD if you want over at DefeatLargerAttackers.com because I show you more tips on how to de-escalate there as well as self-defense techniques that you can use even if it's a worst case scenario, like you didn't get the first punch in, all right? And somebody's pummeling you with, with strikes and you don't know what to do. I give a nifty little trick in, the, in there also, okay? All right, so hopefully this gave you some really good, first of all, the reason why you need to be able to de-escalate. Um, this isn't typically what a lot of people go to for training, right? Like we're going for the tactical stuff. I wanna know how to fight with my hands and feet. I wanna know how to shoot a gun. I wanna know how to use a knife. Well, you typically go to the things that all happen after you already failed by not trying to de-escalate. You need to be able to put these de-escalation skills in your arsenal. It is a weapon in your arsenal for survival, all right? Both physical survival as well as legal survival, all right? So I'd like to hear other stories that you've had about de-escalation or escalation, things that went wrong. Um, go ahead and leave your comments on the blog. What are some other tips that you've also found to be very helpful for being able to talk somebody down? I wanna hear from you. All you have to do is go on over to our blog where this podcast is over at moderncombatandsurvival.com. Can't wait to hear or see your comments on there. Go ahead and uh, go over there now. And until our next Modern Combat and Survival broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. modern combat and survival. survival we hope you've enjoyed the show you can help us out by rating our podcast on itunes and leaving a comment you can check us out on facebook at facebook.com backslash modern combat and survival and don't forget to claim your free subscription to modern combat and survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com lock and load and we'll see you next time this has been Modern Combat and Survival.